You're listening to Love is the Answer, a podcast that explores the power of love in real life with your hosts, Lynn Kidd and Laurel Elstrom. Welcome to Love is the Answer, a podcast that explores the power of love in real life. I'm Laurel Elstrom with my co-host, Lynn Kidd, and today we're going to be talking about living and co-creating in community with our guest, Suzanne Quinney. And I'm Lynn Kidd. Um, If you're interested in engaging in dialogue with others who are exploring love, consider joining one of the many free Zoom groups that we have available. Find out about all the dates and times going to acourseoflove.org. That is www.acourseoflove.org. And all you have to do is click on the groups tab and you'll see all the Zoom groups. Great. All right. I'm excited to bring in our guest, Suzanne Quinney. Suzanne is currently a member of the Findhorn community in Scotland. She's also a longtime student of A Course in Miracles and A Course of Love, and she loves Tizay singing, which we're going to find out more about in our time together. Suzanne and her husband operate a small company that provides training and facilitation using appreciative inquiry. That company is called Appreciating People which is also a very exciting thing. Suzanne, you are one of our very favorite people, and we are so happy to have you on Love is the Answer. Oh, thank you for that lovely introduction, Laurel. I really love my connection with the Course of Love community. <laughs> In so many ways over the years, it's really nourishing and enriching for me. So thank you uh, for inviting me. Thanks so much, Suzanne, for joining us today. We'd like to begin asking you the first question that we ask all of our guests. What does love mean to you? For me, it's a sometimes overwhelming feeling of appreciation, of gratitude, of connection, of joy and delight. And it often really moves me a lot, as you can hear. (laughs) (laughs) That's something I love about you. (laughs) Don't worry if Suzanne cries. It's one of the ways she expresses her feelings. So (laughs) we make space for that here. You do, don't you? Yes, thank you. (laughs) So I think a lot of people have heard of Findhorn, which is a community in Scotland, but I understand that it has evolved beyond its beginnings. I remember years ago when I heard Peter Caddy speak, and I was really fascinated by his description of their work with nature spirits and their efforts to communicate with them. And I'm sure Findhorn has gone through a lot of evolution since then. What would you say is the message of Findhorn today? Such a deep question, actually. I could probably spend hours on that. It's 57 years old now, Fintorn. So it has kind of grown and evolved a lot over the years. But I think what's really profound is that at its heart, it it didn't begin as a community. It began as people wanting to listen to the voice of God and finding their own way to do that. And because they ended up living in a caravan and unemployed with three small children as well, Um, they needed to find a way to manage their finances. So one of the things they did was start to garden, but they didn't really know anything about gardening. Dorothy McLean, I think actually they even got guidance that Dorothy needed to talk to the nature spirit. That's what I first knew about Fintorn, that because of this communication with nature spirits, 
it was doing fantastic things growing and gardening. By the time I arrived there in the early 90s, that time had already passed and people talked about, we're not growing cabbages now, we're growing people. Mm. And yet if I look back, since I've come back this time, uh, only last year, I realised, especially Dorothy McLean's work, she's the person who did the co-creating with nature very, very strongly. Actually, so much of what she talks about is about love. Sometimes it's nearer to the surface and sometimes it's other things that are taking preeminence. I suppose, you know, just depending on what's important to, from the point of view of divine guidance. I just have seen so many of the messages. They weren't as much gardening advice. Oh, or, okay, I yeah. used to think they were. In 1971, a diva said to Dorothy, love is a firm reality which forms a bridge over which all can walk. Beautiful. And the strawberry diva said to her, cover the new strawberries with a blanket of warmth and welcome and they will be all right. Oh, I love that. <laughs> nice. So uh, just to follow up with that, how would you say Findhorn is trying to serve the world right now? I think it's become a really significant educational and workshop and conference center. Ah. And it, it hosts thousands of visitors every year and has done, you know, for, for ever since the 70s. We have a lovely big venue. We can at times accommodate over 300 people at conferences. So it's been all... People come there, they experience it, they experience life in community and life living co-creatively with nature. And they also think about eco living ecologically and lightly on the earth and also bringing in our own creative abilities and talents. So those are some of the many strands and they're still present. And we have different conferences which feature different things of those. And also we very much welcome so many different people and then their passions come to the fore you know and that takes a, a lead and then the, so the people who are you know very much involved in running it now they have different interests and abilities say to the people 20 or 30 years ago so it's constantly reflecting that and changing and reflecting back to the world as well and of course at the moment because of how the situation is we can't have guests coming in the way that we did and we have to think of sort of new ways of serving the world. Beautiful, thank you. What, that kind of leads me to my next question. <laughs> what are some personal examples of new ways of togetherness that are now being born in the collaborative atmosphere at Finhorn? Would you like to give um, us a couple examples? Yeah, I mean one of the slightly more longer established one is the building of eco-homes. Okay. So there's some really beautiful new homes being built since the 90s. As originally, it was all caravans and mobile homes that people were living in. Mm -hmm. So gradually, those have been replaced. And also, because many people want to come and live here, new homes have been built. And that's generally done as much as possible in a co-creative way with nature and the landscape. And so actually, a few months ago, I joined a, a work party day and we were moving lichens from a spot on the dunes where some new houses are going to be built. And we were putting the lichen somewhere else so that it would be then lost in the new build. So mm. I loved it. You know, lichens, it's such a small thing, isn't it, in one way? Yeah. Yeah. 
but it was really beautiful to be part of that. So there's always sort of surprising little things, and I discovered we've got a lichen expert in the community. <laughs> oh, so wonderful. much talent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're designing some new build, eco buildings for guests to come to, and the architect grew up here. He's now living in Edinburgh, but he, he presented his vision for what he thought would sit well. And he had come and he tuned in to the environment where the houses are going to be. And he'd done his own request for inspiration from the nature and the trees. More currently, we've got Zoom. So another lovely strand that's very significant in the community is Sacred Dance. Oh. So over the years, we've had hundreds of people come the sacred dance events and gatherings and teachings. But last September, somebody here developed a sacred dance teaching program, and that's gone on to Zoom now. And there's, I think, 260 people oh. join that on Zoom, learning sacred dance, uh -huh. wow. which we would yeah. never have expected. Yeah, this pandemic is causing all kinds of unexpected connections that it's yeah. forcing us to go bigger isn't it in some yeah. ways yeah and so the the Fintorn Foundation itself put on a zoom summit just a couple of weeks ago so that was its first engagement really there's something like that it was over 300 people who signed up for it and it was wow. a weekend of programs and it's really lovely and actually those recordings of those sessions are all available to that to sort of to buy and listen to and you can get a real update of the Fintorn history if you want to. Nice. Wonderful. I love what you said he was rearranging the eco village on the bequest of nature. It's almost yeah. like receiving it's like a giving and a receiving like he's receiving the energies of nature and actually attuned to nature that whole experience is you know everyone together in nature but I love that's what I got from it. I really love that. Just one more part to this question. Would you like to share a couple of ways that you have personally transformed yourself living within community? When I think about that, I could go back, say, right to the early 90s when I first moved here. And, you know, I moved to this community and I began to see that, you know, everybody knew everybody. There's also a very strong tradition of sharing feelings and experiences as and when that's helpful. And, you know, one of my thoughts was, oh, because I felt in some ways quite private. And I, thought, mm -hmm. I don't want to have a relationship with someone here, for example, because then everybody will know about it. <laughs> that was one of my fears. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I, I started a relationship with someone. We have Friday sharings where people in the hall, because there's so many creative people living here, there's always some talent to be shared. So I went to this sharing only to find that this guy had written a poem about our in our connection for sharing it <laughs> to the whole hall. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, got, I had to get over that, you know, fear of uh, being seen too much by people. Mm. That's, okay. that's a, a very sort of small way. Yeah, mm. you, you begin to that that sense of personal self and become a little bit smaller. I found. Mm. In our community in general, I mean, even if you don't live in Fintorn, the whole idea of privacy is kind of not really something that we can have any longer. We've become so public with our social engagement, but I can see where you kind of have to let your boundaries down in a situation like that. In a way that when we're blocking something, I think that, that also then blocks communication. 
Yeah. So at the beginning of each work shift in the foundation, there's always an attunement and people are invited to share experiences and feelings that feel important to them. Mm. And then the tuning in and then the work shift happens. And that seems to release blocks, you know, and let things flow. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that this whole idea that we need to be private, it's linked to we don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. So what you're telling me when you say that you you learned that your privacy wasn't so important at that time tells me that you just learned to be more vulnerable with people, which is a great gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can do that big time. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that, Suzanne. Thank you. Yeah. Another subject that we want to touch on today because you love it so much and not everybody knows about it is Taze singing. Now, I have actually had this experience myself and it was lovely, but I find that most people haven't heard about it. So can you talk a little bit about what Taze is and how it contributes to community, what it's meant to you? Yeah, so Taze is a small village in France. Mm-hmm. And in 1940s, uh, Brother Roger actually began a small community there. And his focus was on reconciliation and sharing love. I found a lovely quote, actually. He, saw, he, found, he chose France because he saw it as a land of poverty and of wartime suffering, but a land of inner freedom. And he wanted to do something that would help the spirit of reconciliation as the Second World War drew to a close. And so it kind of grew very organically and gradually, but by the 60s it was drawing thousands of young people a year. It's always had a big attraction and focus on young people. And it sings songs in many languages and from many traditions, so that everybody's sort of spirit, I think, and tradition feels honoured and welcomed. And then it also talks to people that when they leave Teze, that they can go back home and make the way, what they've learned there, make it their own. So, you know, different people then do different kinds of things with Teze songs when they go back home. So some churches, I think, might integrate them into church services. Whereas in Tindhorn, because there's already a big tradition of singing and the power of singing together in community, it became part of the singing in community and it also became part of the sharing of love Mm. there's two opportunities at least every day to sing teze in the community in one way or another and then every sunday there's an hour-long gathering where we sing and we do dances of universal peace and perhaps share some poems so that of course that's been one of our sort of the things i've loved doing ever since i've been here so a few of us locally thought well Let's see if we can sing together on Zoom to keep it alive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we discovered that we couldn't sing together because Zoom, you know, the time delay doesn't make that possible. But we did discover that we could play Teze songs and then sing along individually. Yeah. And then somehow other people heard about what we were doing and said, oh, can we join? So we now have 200 people on an email list. 40 people who join during the week for half an hour service and 120 people who join on Sunday. Um, and it's just amazing. You just see all these faces. And they're all people who now, they need to be torn, but they live somewhere else. Not all of them. There's a mixture of the community. But people who couldn't easily get here regularly, now they join Teze every Sunday. 
because oh. singing here was a part of their experience. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify, it's songs that are written for everyone to sing together. They're in different languages, and there's like that's all you do. You just yes. you sing these songs together. But they're like worshipful songs, right? At least that was my experience. There's a big variation of tradition in uh-huh. there. Um, I discovered some lovely comments by Cynthia Bourgeau, her book about Mary Magdalene and the impulses of love in France. And she says that one can hear the voice of the troubadour rising again in prolific outpourings of spiritual songs from Tese touching the heart of the world. Uh, and I just thought right. that somehow that is what happens, even though it's not easily explainable if you haven't experienced it. Great. Well, we'll get a sample of that at the end. So we'll share something with everyone. Well, thank you for sharing that. That also sounds like a new way of togetherness being born, that you're creating <laughs> these, um, these Zoom groups with the singing. So it's now time to turn to the question of the week. So please join us, Suzanne. We'll all three take part in this. And here it is. I have always longed to belong to a group of people who really support and care about each other. Our culture provides plenty of surface level interaction, but aside from joining an existing intentional community, what can I do to connect with people on a deep level? How is love the answer to finding the kind of genuine connection that I crave? Suzanne, would you like to go first? (laughs) Well, I think practicing some kind of inner attunement and intention before I meet with people. That can be really supportive. I began to do this in my job sometimes. If I was going to be facilitating potentially a difficult meeting, I would have an intention beforehand that the highest can come out of this time together. And seeing sometimes, you know, then lovely things happening. Mm -hmm. In the same way that Dorothy and Peter and Eileen didn't begin to found an intentional community. They just wanted to be love and connecting with God. It's almost like if you go back to those basics, you can apply them anywhere. Mm -hmm. And similarly with nature, you can apply love and then sort of watch it come back to you. I'd love to hear your answers. Yeah, I'll go next. I love that you put out the word intention. I think that that's really valuable. The word that came to me in connection with this question is trust. Trust that whatever is happening in my experience and the people that I'm encountering are exactly right for me. And if I'm alone, trusting that there's something to be gained from my experience of being alone. What I really want, what we all really crave is intimacy. And we have the potential to be intimate with everyone we encounter and every experience we have. And if I'm alone, I can be intimate with myself. I can just really go deep and explore what's happening right now in my experience. And I can be intimate with my feelings and I can be intimate with my body. I can be intimate in all kinds of ways. And when I have the good fortune to encounter others, I can be intimate at whatever level the experience provides. Even if it's just 
me looking for our shared heart, our shared beingness, while they're going on and on talking about something that's of absolutely no interest to me. I can still be intimate with them at that level by looking for what we share. So that's why I say trust, because I just feel like we are being led into the experiences that we need. And if I try to cover up anything that I'm experiencing that might not be that much fun by activity and feeling like I need to be with people, I need to be active, I need to go do things, then I'm missing the experience that is being given to me right now. I just feel like trusting whatever comes up is a way for me to be intimate all the time. I love that, Laurel. And also what you said, Suzanne, and I guess it's kind of like both and I kind of have a mixture of both of it as well. Because I think the true intimacy really starts with ourselves and having that attunement and love for ourselves. And that's naturally going to extend to others. But yeah, I do believe that silence and, you know, times of quiet and stillness are very beneficial for myself. And then also I'm a very people person and I love, I love community and I love to connect with people. I feel like there's, as Laura was saying, it's, you know, as within, so without. So I feel like we're going to attract what I hold in my mind and heart is what's going to show up in my life. The connections that I've made within the Course of Love community and Course in Miracles community, it's like a deep prayer of my heart. It may not even be always conscious, but there's something, there's a deep desire and a deep prayer deep within that's attracting to me exactly what I need at this time. Again, it goes back to trust, as Laura was saying, and, and the certainty it gives me a chance to relate and share with others in relationship. So I do feel like there's times to be alone and there's also time to be in community and neither one is right or wrong, but I do feel like it starts with ourselves to be that, make that connection with ourselves and then that will extend out to others. And then again, you know, overall it's all happening perfectly. It's just what we need. For me, it's like everything is coming really for us just to extend the love. I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it right now. There's something in it, me that wants to serve the world. As you were talking about, as Finhorn is serving the world, whatever I'm doing in communities that I'm involved with, there's a deep desire to be of service and to connect with others. And that's the deep prayer of my heart. So whatever's coming, it's a chance for me to extend the love and that's it. All right. What a great conversation and a great thing for us all to consider. And we are running out of time for today, but I have to tell you that I'm really intrigued by that business that you do with your husband. I hope you'll come back and we'll have a show about appreciating people and what that's about and how we do that. So we'll have to make sure we get you on the schedule down the road. So a big thank you to our guest, Suzanne Quinney. Be sure to tune in next time when we'll explore another aspect of how love is the answer to every single question. And as we leave today, we're going to play an example of some Taze music. So please enjoy this. <laughs>